If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode 274. This is our 2023 Tour Championship plus D plus D Real Check Masters Bets Pod. Barry O'Hanran and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, discuss our selections for this week's PGO and DP World Tour Action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website where we have in depth betting previews for both events, strokes gained rankings for both events, course form stats combined with current form stats in one easy sheet, plus, of course, our predictor models for both the Tour Champ and the Czech Masters. All of this content, like this podcast, it's all completely free of charge. There's no paywall. We are on Twitter. Brackets X. Barry is at a good tool golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my tour championship golf betting show. Now, you guys, as listeners, power this podcast, so we need your five star reviews on Apple Podcasts as ever. For those of you who leave a review, I will read them out and start for future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. We've had a couple of weeks off, haven't we, on the pod? We've had at least one. Uh, some new fresh reviews, uh, listeners would be really appreciated. This is an absolute cracker. Uh, Unbelievable Jeff is the title. Five stars. I listen to quite a few golf and non-golf podcasts in my spare time, but this one is undoubtedly my favourite bar none. Listening to Steve, Paul and Barry makes, makes Tuesdays a little more bearable in spite of having to endure all my selections finishing between T35 and T60 the previous week. In brackets, every week. Even the weeks I don't have a bet, I'll always give it a listen. The, la- the lads are always on form with their witty banter, key insight and overall impressive knowledge on the game of golf betting. Steve knows so much about grass that he should consider taking up a second job selling it. Severely underrated trio that deserve more recognition. Keep up the great work. And please continue with the extremely catchy theme song at the start of the show, which never fails to have me singing along. That is from Dave the Rave. He hails from County Tyrone, Ireland, and he lives in the Liverpool area. Dave the Rave, I think that might be... As of yet, the best five-star review of 2023. Yeah, that's review of the year there, right, isn't it? Do you know what? I was reading that this morning, and it gave me the idea that for 2024, we are going to have a five-star review award ceremony. And we can judge the best reviews and give out prizes at the end of the year. What do you mm. think, lads? I think that's quite idea. good. Great idea. That's a good idea. But Dave the Rave, that's an absolute cracker. Thank yeah. you very much. Brilliant stuff, Dave. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. We've got loads to talk about. We've only got an hour. Um, let's crack on quickly. Um, got to rewind. I was down in Exmouth on my week's first week holiday. And uh, you know what it's like. You're on holiday. You don't really want to be working. All the you know, all of the family are out having fun, and you're sitting there in front of a laptop. It came to me that Lucas Glover was a great bet for the FedEx St Jude Championship, and he came steaming in seventy to one. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. He, he holds some absolutely mammoth putts on the Sunday. It's weird to see a player that you've backed yeah. actually holding putts on a Sunday. It was amazing. He couldn't he's, miss. He's got that- no, he couldn't miss, yeah. He's got that new resolve, hasn't he, with the putter and seriously impressive. The glove has to be our player of the year on this podcast. We landed in both weeks that he actually won on the PGA Tour. Mm. 
I can't ever remember that happening either before. Back to back, the same player. No, no, the only only one who's done it, not for us though, um, in recent times like that with big numbers was uh, Brendan Todd. But uh, he's, he's not the your favourite player. Yeah, he's, mm. he's one of your uh, one of your list men, isn't he? He's on the list. Lucas Glover. So that's absolutely brilliant. I absolutely, you know, very thankful for. Um, yeah, well done for Lucas really Glover good. on that one. Let's move forward to last week. You've landed a sixty-six to one winner, Paul. Mm, Dan Take Brown. Take a bow. Dan Brown. Yes, yeah, so, you know, after the kind of hiatus of the DP World Tour, um, after the after the Open Championship, it's always a bit iffy, isn't it, coming back in when none of the players have played for three weeks and uh, you don't quite know what to expect. So um really pleasing to get get one over the line straight away. But yeah, Dan Brown, he he looked really good, didn't he, from start to finish. Um you know, at the end of the day, five shot win looks really comfortable, and perhaps it was just me, but it didn't quite feel as comfortable as that, particularly coming down the start of the back nine when he was uh, hemorrhaging bogeys. But uh, pulled himself together, uh, made a couple of fantastic putts, and just eased himself away in the end. Lots and lots to come from Dan Brown, I think. Um, he's got a really impressive all round game. Um, boy can putt. Yeah. It's, Lots to like, and yeah, really, really happy to have got him over the line. So, hopefully, continue. How did he? How did he play? How could how could he just dissect himself from the field on such a tough golf course so easily? He must have been playing out of his skin on those on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, well, he got himself away. He played the um, the, the easier course um, on on the Thursday, effectively. So it was a couple of shots clear. Um, but mm. do you know I, I, that. That course, you can't continue to push it. it, it Galgorham Castle is a a tricky test, and you've got to you've got to give the course some respect. And um, if, if you push too hard, there's lots of bogeys out there. Um, so you know, just continue to kind of um, push himself gradually forward. You know, he made a lot of bogeys on Sunday, but uh, equally made a lot of birdies as well to to balance it off. And perhaps that was the nerves to a certain degree, but. Um, you know, when push came to shove, he 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 pulled himself together on those final few holes and uh, and, and mm. got himself uh, got himself over the line. Could have gone the other way, couldn't it? Quite easily when but the, the bogey started coming on the back. Yeah, line. exactly. Yeah, you kind of look at it and think, you know, we've we've seen this story before <laughs> from experience, mate. <laughs> yeah, you have so much emotional trauma from gambling, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, this is it. Yeah, scarred for life. But um, but no, he 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 pulled it around the other way, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you you got to say, you know, Alex Fitzpatrick looks like he's going to be the real deal as well. You know, he's uh, he won on the uh, the Challenge Tour recently. Um, he's Mm. you know increasingly contending on the uh, DP World Tour, and uh, it looks a massive prospect. I think so. More to come from him as well. We should go on holiday more often. We seem to get winners. (laughs) <laughs> just be perma vacationers I'm going to tell you know it's we don't hide behind anything here on the golf betting system podcast I'm going to tell the truth about what happened last week I flew to Spain for the second week of my holiday Sunday morning get up need to do some work realise I haven't packed my charger for my laptop Phone Paul up in a panic. Paul, who's also in... Yeah, we both went to Spain, different places. It's Paul, Paul, I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> I, I can't connect to the internet, but we sorted that out. I've, I've, got no, I've got no charger on my laptop. I've got about two and a half hours of battery power. What the hell are we going to... Anyway, so we... Thankfully, I'd done most of the work in Devon the week before on the, on the copy. It was just a, literally an update and making some selections. So in under intense pressure and having none of my strokes gained analysis whatsoever... To actually pick McElroy and Homer and get them right at the top of the leaderboard last week, I think was a my, was a mini miracle. Mm. So actually, the fact that neither of them won wasn't too concerning for me. To actually get a preview out was more of a <laughs> more more of a victory on my part. It I was think the, the, the earliest completion of a preview um, yeah. in the history of man, I think. 
and then have a 36 hour um, work session from when I landed on Sunday afternoon to actually get this content out this week. But um, at least I've got a charger now on the laptop. So this, yeah, yeah. this laptop isn't going to pack up right now. <laughs> um, I think Victor Hovland's play yesterday, uh, on, on Sunday was unbelievable. He's becoming a bit of a soft course bully as well. You look at the numbers, very good on soft yielding golf courses with, you know, receptive dart like greens. Mm. Literally, that 62 was unbelievable. And McElroy said afterwards, he said, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get near the fella. The 61. Nah. It's 61. even better. 61, yeah. I mean, he's hitting it dead straight 325 yards on every hole, middle of the fairway, and just, you know, just going in with irons and to six, seven feet on every hole. And making every putt. 28 yeah, on the back nine. Mm. He's just aren't going to stay with that, are you? Really, really impressive. Shame, shame about Max because he was in a great position um, at halfway, and uh, it just yeah, it, it was that treble bogey, wasn't it? Which uh, just knocked the stuffing out of him and uh, didn't really yeah. recover from then. I don't know that that was I was watching that going. I oh, can't make doubles here and, and be a tournament winner, you know. Just mm. and then he goes and misses the little shorty for the double, and uh, I kind of I kind of had a sinking feeling then about the the bet as much as I wanted it to go all the way I was like that's that's kind of devastating yeah so he made a triple on the Friday didn't he when he was already 11 under uh, no Saturday oh, sorry, on the Saturday, Saturday yeah. yeah yeah anyway look, he was actually two shots clear at that stage he was, he was just was. starting to eat clear and that triple yeah, did for him in terms of you know yeah. getting and the leader through that you, field do you know it's it's just golf is just the wildest thing or just mad like the margins are so fine if his ball like his ball finished up against the collar from the light kind of cut beside the fairway um and the heavy cut of rough if that ball finishes you know in the heavy rough by an inch or two or another inch or two into the lighter stuff where he doesn't have to deal with the collar on the on the club coming through he's got his decisions made and it's kind of a, an easier situation but because it's right on that border, it made it a bit tricky. And uh, club face stayed open a bit. And, or, you know, it just, you know, he missed in the worst spot he could miss you know, where that pin was. And it's just, it's just funny to find margins, you know, that could have changed the entire tournament there. But, you know, Max has shown time, you know, as far as, you know, from our perspective, he seems to, to learn from these situations and things happening. And, It'll probably just make him a stronger golfer. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of keen on my bet on him this uh, for the the FedEx Cup that I put on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. not I don't think the listeners know about this bet. Do you want to quickly did, tell them? I'm, I'm not sure we mentioned it on the last on the last Could podcast. Have. Had a just had a feeling and looked for a market as soon as the FedEx Cup, the full season finished, and the FedEx Cup was coming up. Found Max at. 33 to 1 on one of the bookies and got a booster to 40 to 1 so I thought it was mm. pretty good um it's pretty good odds considering he was I think was a third or fourth in the rankings at the time mm. so you've got 40 to 1 each way well, how many how many each way places I didn't do each way I just went for it you didn't you went on the nose. No, so you got just, 40 to 1 that Max Homer wins the FedEx Cup I went for uh, put all the stake on the win. Just let's see what happens. It's not big money, but it'll be nice if it connects. Mm. Well, as of now, the longest you'd get is thirty-three to one, and Sky Better as tight as sixteen to one on Max Homer winning the Tour Championship as it stands right now. Thirty-three to one. I might go grab a bit more of that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad bet, was it? No, and had he have won last week? Um, oh would, mate, would like he'd be number one, bet. and he knew it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's going to be number one in the rankings, yeah. Right, I think we should have a quick chat about the Ryder Cup. The automatic spots are now confirmed after the BMW Championship for Team USA. This doesn't affect Europe. We will talk about Europe on a different podcast. These players are on the plane to Rome. Scotty Scheffler... Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homer, Xander Schofler. Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon has caused Zach Johnson all kinds of problems that he would never have envisaged, even 
four months ago. Yeah. You've then got players needing a pick. Brooks Kepka clearly plays for Liv. So there, there's there's an issue. You're, you're hearing various things on Twitter, all the rumours going around, you know, the PGA of America who organised the Ryder Cup won't want him on the team, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Eight, Jordan Spieth, clearly on the team, will get a pick. Nine, Cam Young. Fred Couples apparently has told Cam Young that he's got a pick from Zach Johnson. That's That was going around last week on Twitter. And at nine, you can't really see him not getting a pick. Then you're down to Colin Morikawa, 10. Keegan Bradley, 11. Sam Burns, 12. So if you're going to take the rankings as they stand, that's your 12 in the team. Outside, Fowler, 13. Denny McCarthy, 14. Justin Thomas, 15. Lucas Glover, 16. And yes, I haven't mentioned Tony Finau yet because he's outside the top 16. I think he's outside the top 20. 19th. 19th in the rankings. 21st. He's 21st now? Yeah. Oh, my God. Whoops. Okay. Question is, who's Zach going to pick? Stunned silence. I know. Okay. For for, for me, he picks Kepka, Speed, Young, and Morikawa. The PGA, yeah. the PGA didn't get involved with the or seem to you know, distance themselves as much as possible from the politics of the PGA Tour and live earlier this year. And I think the Ryder Cup should end up following that kind of, the way the majors dealt with by just not dealing, you know, just backing off from it and not being part of the conversation or the politics of the whole thing. So I think Kepka gets a pick. I think if he doesn't get a pick, it causes even more controversy. You'll have people throwing their hands in the air that he gets a pick, Fine, but I think it's worse for them if he doesn't get a pick. Yeah. So I think Kepka, Speed, Young, Morikawa, all in. No no problem with that at all. Then if I, if I was Zach Johnson, I would like to see an adjusted points table for points scored in the last six months, three months, two months, one month, and just, just to try get like a feel for the form or a visual on the form. But we all know that the recent really hot players are Ricky and Lucas Glover in the next few. So yeah. for me, I, I I probably picked the two of them. I mean, Keegan Bradley's going to get really done because he's been playing great. Yeah. So that's between the, between the three of them, that's uh, to fill the last two spots. But I... I just think, um, yeah, I think Ricky and Glover for me. Mm. Um, if you look through the um, the current odds for uh, making Team Europe, uh, Team USA rather, then uh, that would suggest that Ricky's in. He is best priced seven to one on. I'm looking at across a number of different bookies to make the team. So. Um, that puts him on the same kind of level as, well, just just uh, not quite as short as Colin Morikawa. Um, same kind of level as Brooks Kepka, who's generally seven to one on. Mm-hmm. Um, the real battle appears to be, um, even Cam Young. Cam Young's in by the looks of it. Morikawa's in. Um, Justin Thomas, um, who has created all of the column inches, who's um, you know, who's, who's garnered all of the interest on social media on a lot of the tv uh, coverage uh, generally five to two on three to one on where we've got the likes of sam burns odds against keegan bradley odds against two to one tony finnell three to one lucas glover three to one the bookies mm. right now are saying justin thomas is that final pick yeah. rightly or wrongly that's where it is that's where the market is you're going to hear all of the usual. Oh, Justin Thomas at the Ryder Cup. He peaks for the big events. He's a he's an absolute animal at the Ryder Cup. Hmm. You're going to hear all of that just to justify the fact that Justin Thomas has had an absolutely terrible 2023. And hmm. I think if JT's in that team, it gives Team Europe such a boost. Yeah. Yeah. Because the guy can't even hit the ball straight. <laughs> sort of five out of five times. Hmm. And on that, I was I was actually looking. There was a great YouTube video yesterday going through the history 
of the Ryder Cup venue is, the Marco Simone course, and taking you into the detail around the course, showing you the course, how they've built the stands, and you know what kind of atmosphere and anti amphitheatre there's going to be. And when you look at that that course, when you look at the length of the rough, when you look at the fescue, when you look at you know that drive, is it the seventeenth over the water, the drivable par mm. four, or is that the sixteenth, Paul? Yeah, uh, yeah, I forget. It's towards the back down the, the hill. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just, another it, one you mean. And when you know you're you're listening to the tournament organisers, both in Italy and uh, the Ryder Cup guy that's you know designated by the DP, the European Tour to organise it, saying that you know. We're going down the route of the uh, Le Golf National in terms of difficulty, <laughs> and you know you're going to put JT in there over a, don't know, over a Lucas Glover who's playing golf of his career. Mm. Yeah, it's just it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me. But you know that's that's how teams get selected for this stuff, isn't it? I actually think JT will make the team, yeah, and the bookmakers think exactly the same. Mm. It's that it's that it's that triumvirate, isn't it? It's the Jordan, JT, Ricky, threesome. And they say, you know, that that strength in the player room, that core that keep the Ryder Cup team consistent and they they have a great say on how they're that team love, room works and whatever. Yeah, I, they're gonna I, love I, that I from a marketing in, mate. From a marketing point of view, they're gonna absolutely love that. They'll milk the hell out of it. Oh, of course. If they have the three of them there, they'll just they'll have them posing for every photo, and yeah, it's it's like that's a dream setup, you know. But it goes back to the old days when they they were all at the height of their you know that their early mm. peak in their careers, and I like I see how he gets picked, you know, the loyalty thing. He's got a great record, blah blah blah. But like, it's been um, it's been a rough few months for him. Lot of miscuts, a couple of flashes in the pan, which is which is interesting. I mean, the Wyndham Championship there was not terrible with a T twelve. No, I mean, JT's one of my favourite players of all time. I love the guy, but I can't sit here truthfully and say he should be on the team. No one for no, no. But you know, you've got to give the guy the guy props. He worked his, you know, he worked. He's played tournaments that he should never have and would never have played unless he was literally scratching around to get on a Ryder Cup team. He doesn't play the 3M Open and the Wyndham Championship straight after the Open if in a normal season. Mm. You just wouldn't be seeing the guy. Yeah. But he's 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 working. He's he's his worth ethic to try and get on that team has been exemplary. Unfortunately, this golf just hasn't gone with it. <laughs> Fairly fundamental. Well, it, let's assume he gets a, gets a pick um, and turns up, plays the first, um, you know, first first morning on the uh, on Shoots the Friday. 81. Yeah, and plays plays with Jordan. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, they get they get beaten six and five, and um, you don't see him again till Sunday. It, does he still serve the purpose in the uh, you know in, in the locker room as part of the wider unit? And if that's the thinking, then so be it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you, Steve. I, it doesn't sit comfortably with me, but I'm, I'm not making the decisions there. And um, to your point, Barry, potentially it's a, a positive for Team Europe to 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 see him on the other side. We're going to so, get a view from Andy Lack because I'm recording this afternoon. Um, I'm going on the Inside Golf podcast with Andy just to talk through the Ryder Cup selection. So it'd be interesting to get a view from the opposite side of the pond. I know Andy's got some quite staunch views on who should be in Team USA. So it'll be interesting to get his viewpoints on JT, Lucas Glover. What do you think, boys, Lucas Glover would need to do this week at the Tour Championship to basically give Zach no wriggle room and force himself into that team? Win. Yeah. If he, if he wins, he's getting the pick. He has to. Yep. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, and, prob- and probably has to also shoot the lowest um, seventy-two hole strokes just in case somebody else beats him to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. The top How many weeks has Lucas played straight? It's got to be what six potentially six weeks straight. Certainly five. 
Do you think anyway. a top? Do you think a top three gets him there? No, I think he's got to win. No, I don't think so. No, I think it's preordained. Looking at these odds and just you know just knowing how golf works and how Ryder Cup selection works, I mm. think he has to win the the um, Tour Championship to get in that team. And you could say the same for Sam Burns and Keegan Bradley, probably. Mm-hmm. Tony Finau has been the biggest flop of the lot, hasn't he? Yeah. Yes. For such a great start to the season, it's just uh, yeah. it's all falling apart for poor Tony. That's the ebbs mm-hmm. and flows of the game, though. You know, it doesn't always you're not always going to be playing amazing golf unless you're one of the the, the special few. That brings us on to the Tour Championship. Um, I, I've got to say up front, I can't, the Tour Championship has never been one of my favourites. My betting record here is atrocious. I don't think I've ever had the winner since 2008, even though it's a 30-man field. Uh, you might as well turn, you might as well stop listening now or just jump to Paul's um, section, um, listeners. But the, when they changed this to this strokes, what do they call it? Adjusted strokes or whatever. The preview takes about 17 hours to write because you have to change it. The FedEx Cup starting strokes index, when they brought that in, oh yeah, just that just brought it to new lows. I was listening to Rick Gaiman th- this morning on his excellent YouTube channel. And he, you know, clearly Rick is Mr. Golf Stats. Um, the modelling that he does is unbelievable. He basically said there are only, I think he said five players that can physically win um, the Tour Championship this week. And this, um, when I'm saying this, I'm talking about the Tour Championship with the starting index, okay? Because clearly Scotty Scheffler starts at 10 under. Scotty Scheffler can win, Rory McIlroy can win, Victor Hovland can win, John Rahm can win. And then he said two players have a half chance, Patrick Cantlay and Lucas Glover. Uh, he's you know, his statistical models and ratios and standard deviations that confuse the hell out of me. But you know, statistically, that's where we sit. Um, I haven't got involved in that market. I can't get involved in that market. The only thing I will say to listeners: if you want to bet on who's going to win the Tour Championship, personally, I wouldn't. Oh, well, I don't know. I was going to say something quite outlandish, but say would you be taking thing. Scotty Scheffler chaps at 11-8 to 8 to win the FedEx Cup? No. No. I think you saw we, the we frailty. Had, well, we've had four, Paul, four the, the FedEx frailty. Cups so far running this model. Two of them have been won by the guy number one in the rankings entering the week, be that Patrick Cantlay, Dustin Johnson... The other two have been won by Rory McIlroy, who started fifth and seventh in the rankings the years that he won. So you got your two and two split. Yeah. Paul, I can't. I My can't, concern I... is, and when you look at the East Lake and you look at this, this tournament is tends to be won. <laughs> it's difficult to say one, isn't it? Because is it the seventy-two? Anyway, you've got to be a good putter to ultimately win around here. Mm. Go on, Barry. I was just saying, you can't say Scotty was frail. I mean, he got beaten by possibly yeah. <clears throat> what what might end up being the round of the year. You know, yeah. and 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 when you're playing really well and somebody kind of overwhelms you, just a flurry of punches, it's just it's hard to withstand that. No matter who you are, like Victor just played. I I, I don't think Scotty was frail. I thought he was. No, he played well. I thought he was fantastic the week. You know, the the putting looked reasonably good like there was a couple of whoopsies but like he's gonna have those because he's not a great putter um it's got this is the way i look at it right you're just looking at the top four in the betting i'm forgetting patrick cantlay and lucas glover who according to rick have half chances i'm also forgetting xander who has got an amazing record around here and i'd be amazed if paul isn't going to tip him up in some market or other <laughs> get that out um, John Rahm, no chance for me. Um, playing, just you know, we, we, we've we've discussed John Rahm over the last couple of months. He's got this, he's got this Masters hangover, which will end. It'll probably end in Spain, the Spanish Open, and he'll he'll win by thirteen shots on a DP World mm. Tour event like that and win at two to one. 
Victor Hovland is clearly interesting. The thing I will say about Victor Hovland is he's in the... You look at the last four FedEx Cup uh, um, climaxes in terms of the Tour Championship. Number two seems to be a weird spot. It seems to be a spot that never wins and players struggle in that second spot position. Don't know why. It could be mental. It could be absolutely nothing because we've only had four of them and it's all random. But that second spot seems to be a little bit cursed when you look at who wins the Tour Championship. That then takes you to Rory McIlroy, whose record around Eastlake is phenomenal. But I'm not, you know, does Rory McIlroy win two tour championships on the trot? I don't know. I don't know if that's it. Bearing in mind that the two he's won, he's been way down the rankings, has just played completely stress-free golf. So that's the thing with Rory. It suggests to me that Scotty Scheffler is just going to grind this out. Mm. And... As you said on a on a private message on Sunday, Barry, he's almost boring to watch because he doesn't tend to get in trouble. He's always putting for birdie and then often misses that birdie putt. But actually, the way that he plays golf would seem perfect to me to actually sure. come in at number one and defend that position. And also very good for Eastlake as a course. Like well, he was just, dominating last year and then absolutely fell apart on the Sunday, didn't he? Yeah. And he's mentioned in interviews that that really did. He's 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 trying to learn. He's trying to. He's a bit like a Brooks Kepka at the Masters. He's seeing this week as kind of redemption, and he's not going to do that again. So I suppose what I'm saying is I think Scotty Scheffler is going to win the FedEx Cup. Yeah, I, I, for me, I, as much as I want my max bet to convert, like that's that's it's a tough ask being six back from Scheffler um, from that lead of ten. I think it's just a, a match between Scotty and Rory, and maybe Victor can insert. I mean, I mean, I don't. It wouldn't shock me if Victor inserts himself into that battle as well because he's playing really good. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's. I can't see outside of the the two the top two, and you okay. know Vic, Victor's there. Then great, even 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 more exciting to watch. The whole focus of my preview, well, not the whole, but the main focus of my preview, including my three selections, are on what they're calling this year the seventy-two hole stroke play market. So we're all starting from zero in this market. Mm. Okay. I know it's I know it's complex. I know I know it's very PGA Tour American TV dramatized and it makes for a terrible betting event. I understand that, listeners. But we have to work with what we've got. So I've put three bets up for the 72 hole stroke play market. Now most bookmakers are offering this. I'm seeing some that aren't, Bet Fred. Uh, Bet Fair and Paddy Power aren't offering this 72 hole market as we're recording this podcast on Tuesday morning, but others are. Uh, 11 to 2 is Scotty Scheffler. He's tied with Rory McElroy. John Rahm is a 10 to 1 chance. Xander 12 to 1 with Victor Hovland. Cantlay at 14. 18 to 1 Max Homer. It's then 25 to 1 bar. So this is who's going to shoot the lowest total of the week. Basically, a real golf tournament. Okay. Just want to throw out there. Um, the winner of this particular market has been in the last four years. Rory won it last year. Eight to one favourite. He started at seventh in the FedEx Cup rankings. Year before that, there was a tie, and unfortunately, you can get this in this market. You can get ties because clearly there won't be a playoff because this isn't the real tournament. The tie was between John Rahm, he was fourth in the FedEx Cup rankings, he uh, was seven to one. Kevin Narpol, gotta love Kevin Narpol, yeah, yeah. a real short course specialist, hmm. putter, 70 to one. Hmm. He was ranked 19th in the FedEx Cup rankings going in. Started at two under. Yeah, shows you. Looking back at my records, guess where he sat in my eight-week strokes gained current form? Mm. He was second going into the Tour Championship. And we scoot. 
punters scooped 70 to 1 on a guy that was in such good nick. Yeah, crazy. Before that, Xander was 12 to 1. He started at 14th in the FedEx Cup standings at 3 under. He was 12 to 1. And the first year we did it, McElroy, 8 to 1, 5th in the FedEx Cup standings. Another thing I also noticed, McElroy had finished 19th at the BMW, Xander 25th, Kevin Nath 17th, John Rahm 9th, Rory McElroy 8th. Doesn't exactly scream players that were in serious contention the week before will ultimately shoot the lowest 72 hole total. In a way, we're looking for players that are in good nick, but are basically going into this pretty much freewheeling. They know they're not going to win the ultimate thing. They're playing great golf and they're just going to continue that great golf. That's the kind of angle I'm taking on this. Uh, come to my uh, preview, which I'll put in the podcast description for all of the course details. It's basically a very long par 70. Uh, things of note, it's a Donald Ross design. It's had a Reese Jones redesign in 08 and 16. It plays almost 7,400 yards and it's a par 70. It's classical, tree-lined, very long. I think this week, anything 13 to 15 under is going to be the total you need to be the 72-hole winner of this tournament without the strokes index. I think it's going to play firmer than it did last year. There was an absolute deluge Wednesday night going into Thursday here the night before, and it played really, really soft. It was literally perfect for Rory McIlroy, even though he didn't he triple the first. Yeah, and he's still sort of showing ridiculous, like 18 under. Mm. Right, I've gone for three. Oh, so also, um, I, you know, I need to I need to mention the agronomy because I am the grass man. Um, you could read into that what you will. Zoysia grass fairways, mini Verdi ultra dwarf Bermuda grass greens. The Zoysia, the Zoysia. This is the exact same grass on the fairways that we saw at the St Jude where Lucas Glover won two weeks ago. The greens are slightly different. They are mini Verdi Bermuda grass. Uh, I think Southwind's got champion. Okay. I'm going for three. I've gone for players who are in great nick and have no pressure on them this week. They're just going to go out there and free will. You won't be surprised to hear, my first one is Max Homer. I managed to get 16 to 1 on the 72 hole without strokes index with ball sports. I took their five places each way at 50 odds um, each way state. Do we need to talk about Homer? He's in super nick. I think this golf course suits. And this was the crazy thing. Last year, he saw on Friday, 62. It was the first time he'd ever played the Tour Championship. That was the lowest score at Eastlake since Zach Johnson shot a 60 in 2007. That tells you that Max Homer likes Eastlake. His form heading into this is 21st, 12th, 10th, 6th, 5th. So I'm on Homer. He actually sits second for strokes gained current form across my eight-week tracker. Next up... This is a busy show, so I'm just going through this quickly. Tommy Fleetwood. It would not surprise me in any way, shape or form if Tommy Fleetwood played brilliantly this week, was the 72-hole winner of the tournament and finished fourth in the FedEx Cup. Because that's Tommy Fleetwood. (laughs) 25 to 1 I've got with William Hill. Again, five places each way of 50 odds on Tommy Fleetwood, who again is playing unbelievable golf. You mentioned this to me as well, Paul. He's got an excellent record at the Earth Course at the DP World Tour Championship. They're the season-ending DP World Tour event. Mm. He's had a second, a tenth and a fifth. He just seems to play nicely when the big bucks are up for grabs in the season closer. He's had an 11th and a 13th here. He's playing far better than that right now. Um, He's great on Bermuda grass greens and... Two wins in Abu Dhabi, 2017-2018, were both on Tiff Dwarf Bermuda Grass Greens at the Abu Dhabi Golf Club. Playing lovely golf, Tommy Fleetwood. And finally, I can't believe a lot of players are shorter than this individual in the markets, but that just shows you how strokes gained doesn't only just dominate golf content, but dominates now how bookmakers pull their odds together. But for me, Brian Harmon at 35 to 1 
72 hole without strokes index is a crazily good bet. He's playing the best golf of his life. Uh, he is fourth in my strokes game current form tracker. He's had a sixth and a third on Zoysia at TPC Southwind. Great putter. I was interested to see, if you looked at the BMW Championship on that soft course where basically the ball was literally running, well, it wasn't even running, was it? It was making one or two yards when it hit the fairway and just stopping. That was the most anti-Brian Harmon golf course you could ever find. And he was still contending for the victory heading into Sunday. That's how good his game is right now. On this golf course where accurate driving pays dividends, where there's going to be plenty of roll on the fairways, and it then becomes about approach play around the green game, which is so vital here, and a hot putter, I think Harmon's got a great chance. Really do. So I've got Brian Harmon, one and a half points each way, 35 to 1, with William Hill again in their 72 hole without strokes index. So that's Harmon, Fleetwood, Max Homer for me. I'm going to keep quiet now. That's the Tour Championship over for me. Have you had any bets on this very specialised event, Paul? Uh, yeah, just two. And um, like you, I've just gone with the 72-hole uh, stroke play market. I, I'll leave the, the main market alone. The main market for me is just like an in-play market. Um, effectively, you know, it's almost like a round's been completed and uh, mm. that's where you get such wide variations in the price. Um, much prefer the 72 hole. I've backed two. I've backed Lucas Glover. We talked about him um, quite at length earlier. 66 to one, I backed him. Unibet four places a quarter the odds in the 72 hole market. So I just think 66 to one is disrespectful. Unbelievable. He's, yeah. He's, you know, I couldn't believe that price when I saw it. He's lit 66 to one. Yeah. Wow. The guy's got two wins in the last three. He's worked out how to putt. He's got massive motivation to go out there and just give this absolutely everything. He may well fall short. He probably will fall short. But does that mean that he can't finish inside the top four from a stroke play perspective? 66 to 1? I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced enough to leave that price alone. So um, so I back Lucas. The other one I've backed, similar kind of logic. Um, well, similar kind of uh, price uh, logic, I guess, is Sepp Stracker, 125 to 1, four places a quarter of the odds. Again, that was the, with Unibet. Um, he was sixth in the 72-hole scoring here last year. He loves Bermuda. We know he can pop up at any time. This is the guy that won the John Deere Classic uh, recently. He was second at the Open Championship. Um, snuck into the uh, top 30, as you said. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the last two outings, 63rd and uh, 37th at the St. Jude and BMW, don't look particularly good. But both times he's finished off nicely, 65 to finish at the uh, St. Jude, 66 at the BMW. I think this week, back on uh, his favourite Bermuda putting surfaces, I think Sepp could threaten to get inside that top four from a stroke play perspective. And again, 125 to 1, happy to take a, a punt at that particular price. But no, no Xander for me this week, this year, this no week. No Xander. No, I'm just going to go with those two and be done with it. They were very wary of Xander, weren't they? Oh yeah, the price is very, very wary. Yeah, and actually, Paul, when you look, I'll come to you in a second, Barry. When when you look at the strokes gained analysis we've done, mm. you've got of the players that have played here more than once, Xander ranks number one for strokes gained total. Yep, he's above. The East Lake master that is Rory McIlroy. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. And clearly, and the bookmakers know that. Just out of interest, Russell Henley ranks number one, but he's only played four rounds in our analysis because we didn't get the strokes going from the early uh, year that he played. Yeah, it's yeah. Henley, Xander, Homer, McIlroy, Hatton make up the top five. There's a set. Sits at number six, but yeah, be careful of that because Henley, Homer. Hatton and Stracker have only played around here four mm. rounds in that yeah. analysis. What about you, Barry? What, have you had any kind of bet on this tour chat? It doesn't feel like your kind of uh, jibe to me. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Paul, on Stracker. Um, you explained it better than I possibly could, but I, I loved how the relief he or the disappointment he showed in his face, like on the last screen on Sunday, 
but then the relief he must feel having made it it's just mm. I'd say everything he's just like all the shackles are off and he's going to be flying and cruising um, around the place this week he'll probably know for sure now that that's cemented his place on the Ryder Cup so yeah he'll be he'll be swinging free and easy and just um, yeah liked how well he played last year for the first time so yeah um, can't argue with it. I'm in. I'm on Straka. Yeah. Hen- Henley was interesting, but I just can't. Uh, I don't trust him. So I'm going to, even if he wins it, great for him. <laughs> Is he on your post it note of Doom, Barry? Russell Henley? I'm, I'm not appropriating your post it note, Steve, but Sorry. he's just he's just on my no fly list. So it's, um, I, I just don't, I don't trust the guy. He's had an amazing three weeks, but yeah. I mean, Betting has to be fun. I just wouldn't have fun with the money on him. I still can't work it out, chaps. I really cannot work out that Russell Henley is 25 to 1 with Unibet in this market. Brian Harmon is 40 to 1. I I cannot compute that. Mm. The Open Champion is 15 points bigger. Don't get that. Anyway. And anyone else there, Barry, in that market? No, I mean, I, I think Paul, you put that perfectly. Like the, the with the starting strokes, it just you have to treat it like a, a round has already been played, and it's an in-play market. Mm. Um, and that's the way I look at it. So maybe something will materialize in that. Um, I'm not. Yeah, there's nothing that appeals to me there right now. Um, I might put a little bit on Rory, but I, you know. <laughs> Rory has a, a slow start by a cup, you know, goes one or two over early. Then, then you know, that's that's the time when I might jump on and throw a few euro on Rory. Yep. I'm yeah. trying to cut out throwing bets out there that always lose, and the Tour Championship is always a complete write-off for me on my P&L every single year. So I've actually cut down the amount I've staked this year as kind of, at least I can sit here on Monday and go, well, at least I've kind of saved year on year on my P&L by not putting stupid bets on. But um, I, it's just a horrible, horrible betting event. It really is. So thank you to the PGA Tour for that. <laughs> Should we move forward? I tell you what, I was far more interested this week on the. I know this sounds crazy, listeners, especially if you're living in North America. I actually was far more enamoured by the D plus D Real Check Masters because the field fascinates me this week. Mm. It's an absolutely cracking field for what you would consider a literally a run-of-the-mill DP World Tour event. Ludwig Aberg comes across from his uh, exploits on the PGA Tour. Um, some serious rumours about him being added as the 12th man to the European team for the Ryder Cup. Shane Lowry plays. That's a, that's a great hands-up to Luke Donald to say, yeah, I'm trying to find some form. Adrian Moronk. Nikolai Hoygaard. We've got ADC playing after his tear up on the KFT over in the States. Adrian Dumont de Chasson. I love that pronunciation. Rasmus Hoygaard. We've got Robert. It's a cracking field. Paddy Harrington's in there. Perez, Bjork, Rosner. Come, Paul, pick the bones out of this one. The D and D real check masters for us. Yeah, it's it is. I mean, what a difference a year makes because. I forget if we, we it might have been when we took our holidays last year when this event was up or not, but um, they they really struggled to cobble a field together for this last year. Um, it was only a field of 132, and it was um, you know they were scraping about, they practically grabbing people off the street to play last year. Uh, this year, 156 full field, loads of alternates, and um, as you've just said, some really strong players in attendance as well, which. Uh, yeah, it's it's good to see, pleasing to see, and it's um you know it's kind of pushed some uh, some prices out um a little bit further down the list, which uh, I'll get to a bit further on. But uh, yeah, it, it makes it a much more attractive betting heat, I think, uh, than the Tour Championship. I'll just whiz through some prices quickly. Shane Lowry, twelve to one favorite, uh, alongside Ludwig Aberg, uh, as you just described in the field. Adrian Moronk's fourteens. Nikolai Hoygaard absolute massive plunge on him so far this week more of that a little bit later on 16 to 1 currently 
Adrian Dumont de Chassard, 22 to 1. Uh, <laughs> I've been practicing. Steve that. Palmer's going to love his name in the future, isn't it? Absolutely love that. Yeah, it, it might just be. Uh, yeah, it might just be abbreviated to ADC, as you say. Alexander mm. Bjork, 25s. Rasmus, 25s. Bob McIntyre, 25s. 33 to 1 bar those players. Bet365 out there each way. Extra proposition running. And as ever, eight places, a fifth of the odds this week. Boyle Sports have an eight places each way market. Lots of options this week. Do shop about before you place your bet. We are at the Albatross Golf Resort on the outs- outskirts of Prague in the Czech Republic. The course is a 7,468-yard par 72. Slight altitude here, so it does adjust the yardage very slightly. Exposed fairways, large bent grass greens, four par fives, um, and they play as the four easiest holes in the course. There's also a short par four. That's the sixth hole. Um, That can be drivable. It depends where they put the tee. There's four tees on each hole, but... Um, for the very longest hitters, there's a chance of making the front edge of the four, uh, the sixth hole as well. So you've got some good attackable holes. The rest of the course, though, really does demand some respect. So uh, you have to be you know, attack when the conditions are right or the hole is right and defend on some others. There's carefully placed bunkers. There's water in play on seven of the holes, particularly towards the end of the 18. Uh, so you do need to be careful as you're closing your round off, particularly on Sunday. It's been played here since 2014, so there is plenty of history to dig through in this week's stats pages. In terms of the weather, hot and sunny in the lead-up to this so far, that's likely to last through Thursday. might last all the way through Friday um, before it breaks down on Saturday. We've got thunderstorms forecast. Um, the temperature drops from kind of the low 90s Fahrenheit and down to the low 70s Fahrenheit. So a big plunge in temperatures. Thunderstorms rain on Saturday. There could well be some disruption, um, could well be some delays. Much, much cooler on Sunday, as I've described. Damper, a bit, bit of rain as well. Temperatures are, say, around 20 centigrade, maybe, maybe nudging 70 Fahrenheit. So there will be a stark difference in the conditions. Just give you a quick idea of some of the players that have won here since 2014. Jamie Donaldson won the first uh, event that, that year, 2014. 12 to 1 he was. 14 under par. Thomas Peters, uh, the first of his two wins, 80 to 1 the following year, 20 under par. Paul Peterson won at 250 to 1, 15 under. Hayden, Hayden Porteous, 2017, we were on board, 66 to 1 at 13 under par. Adrian, uh, Andrea Pavan, 50 to 1. Thomas Peters, 20 to 1. Johannes Veerman 25 to 1 and last year Max Kiefer 55 to 1 last year was a reduced 54 hole affair he won at 16 under par so you've got a mix of bombers in there some shorter types as well if you look at the traditional stats they don't really give too much away uh, you need to hit greens you need to scramble well uh, the top seven last year were all inside the top 15 for scrambling so that was a key stat 12 months ago you need to putt well I mean this is not rocket science in terms of the uh, dissection of the stats here attack the par fives minimize the bogeys just play well effectively strokes gain stats though they do go back to 29 cents we've got three years of data Thomas Peters and Johannes Veerman both their long games were the, the the standout stats strokes gain off the tee ranks of fourth and sixth for those two strokes gain tee to green ranks of second and third now, that's balanced by Max Kiefer last year, who was first for strokes going around the green, first for strokes going putting. So, I, you know, it's one of these where you look at the course, you look at the players, you look at the style of um, golf, and you kind of conclude that it's going to come down to a, a player who plays well of any particular style rather than trying to pick out a particular type of player this week. Now, the conditions might change that very slightly. Um, you know, you, you could well see a mix of players for the first two days here. Um, and then with rain coming in over the weekend, it may well change the dynamics of the course. You know, you're talking about a course that's nearly 7,500 yards as it is. If it is particularly wet, and, uh, you know, of course, we've got to uh, see what the, uh, the the rain gods actually provide us. But um, it does look like uh, Saturday could be, well, it could be a write-off for a start, um, but it uh, could be particularly wet. And that could really lengthen the course. So you might well find that longer types, more aggressive types, 
who are in contention as of Friday night are the ones that really push forward over the weekend and potentially win it. So that's kind of how I've attacked this, particularly from my top selection. Now, I mentioned him already, Nikolai Hoygaard. Um, backed him yesterday at 20 to 1. He's been tipped in a number of places. Currently, best price I'm seeing is 16 to 1, and he's still continuing to be backed. And I can see the reason why. You know, of course, I've, I've stuck him up top this week, so I've, I've got a vested interest myself. Um, but I think there's lots to play for for Nikolai this week. Um, there's lots of Ryder Cup storylines that are going on this week. You know, the captain's picks are coming at the back end of next week's tournament. Luke Donald's here this week to keep a watchful eye over the uh, the way that the players are the playing. So, you know, of the players that are in attendance this week, Nikolai's one of those that's really got you know little scope to make the team automatically. It needs some kind of minor miracle, really. But he can impress the boss this week. And um, according to the bookies, he's certainly not out of the running, particularly if he were to have a good week here this week. He's got to be super motivated. He talked about his motivation after um, his brother Rasmus won the Maiden Himmeland a few weeks back. He followed that up with a sixth at uh, the Scottish Open, played really well there in a, uh, a, a strong, strong field. Recorded his best major finish at the Open Championship 23rd, finished 14th at the Wyndham Championship last time out on the PGA Tour. And we know with these DP World Tour events, you really do have to beware of um, players coming in with good PGA Tour form because this is undoubtedly a drop down in, in class from uh, those PGA Tour events. Sedgefield Terms- doesn't grab me as a Nikolai Hoygaard kind of course either. No, sure. You know, an emphasis on approach and short game. This this to me, I mean, this this place is perfect for him. I think he's yeah. yeah, I think that shows you how well he's playing and how how Mm -hmm. focused he is because he's you know he's kind of not going to courses that um, don't suit and kind of writing himself off from the start. He's giving it absolutely everything. So to finish, yeah, 14th there, putted really well. He was fourth for strokes game putting at the Wyndham as well. Mm. So coming into this, putting well, playing well. Um, second for strokes yeah. gain off the tee for the season. Third for strokes gain tee to green um, on his DP World Tour stats anyway. And 17th here on debut a couple of years ago. Um, he won the week after, the, the, the following, or the, the start after, the following uh, uh, start for him was when he won at the Marco Simone. So, um, for me, he's got a really big chance this week. I know there's some guys above him in the market, Aberg. Um, you know, he's played relatively few um, professional events so far. Shane Lowry. And then Lowry's got the Irish Open coming up. He's got his defence of the BMW PGA Championship coming up. You know, is, is Shane going out full beans on this or is he just getting himself into the right kind of shape and frame of mind to, to really attack those two weeks and then the, the Ryder Cup, of course. Um, for me, Nikolai, best bet of the week. So, as I say, 16 to 1, best price out there right now. Um, also, back to Antoine Rosner, 35 to 1. You know, and having the likes of Aberg and Lowry in the field has really pushed out some of the prices on some of these other guys who would ordinarily be kind of in the 16, 20 to 1 bracket. So, Rosner, 35 to 1, seems like a good each way bet to me. Three times a winner since 2020, uh, most recently in Mauritius back in December. And he's only missed a, one cut since that win. Um, it made last 11 cuts on the trot, playing some really con- um, consistent golf. 20th at the Open Championship last time out. You remember he was fourth going into Sunday. So that's much, much better form than most of the players here can uh, even get close to, I think. 13th here on debut last year. Um, and he was much patchier form coming into this last year. Last year, he was first for strokes going approach here, first for strokes going tee to green, putting really poorly. Um, his putting stats, he was 12th for strokes going putting at the Open Championship. So playing some better golf, playing or putting better and going to a course that you really enjoyed from tee to green last time uh, seems like a good combination for a contending performance from Rosner. Um, third one up. Similar kind of story to Rosner, I guess. Uh, Tristan Lawrence, 66 to 1 now, best price. There was a little bit of 70 to 1 available yesterday. 66 is out there right now. Four wins for Lawrence since November 2021. That's pretty prolific in the bigger scheme of things. You know, you've got to go towards the very top of um, world golf before you find players who are winning at that kind of frequency. I know they're all at a lower level, but even so. 
Um, you just get that uh, winning mentality, getting yourself over the line. Now, all four of those wins had an element of altitude in them in, to some description. Um, I think it's clear that Tristan gets the maths. He was eighth here on debut last year, um, defending his title at Cranstall Sierra next week. So I like that as a fact. I like players coming into an event where they're defending the following week and they're kind of freewheeling, the pressure's off. Um, I think he could go really well this week. And he arrives with a little bit of under-the-radar form. Um, 11th to halfway at the Open Championship. He was 12th last week on the Sunshine Tour after three weeks off. Now, he opened with a 76 last week on the Sunshine. Um, and then he absolutely blasted his way through the field. Only one player, the eventual winner, posted a better final 36-hole total last week than Tristan Lawrence. So another good each-way bet for me. Um, say current price 66 to 1 and finally um, another one who has been backed in a bit you're currently getting best price 175 to 1 um, 150 to 1 if you want extended places Alexander Levy um, always had a soft spot for the Frenchman as listeners all know um, he's really struggled with injury um, you know, missed most of last year with that uh, niggling back injury. Seems to be on the men though, and playing much more golf in 2023, playing much better golf this year as well. Uh, made the last six cuts on the trot. He made his first top 10 finish uh, since the summer of 2021. That was at the uh, co-sanctioned PGA Tour event at the Barbasol a few weeks back. Open with a 63 at the Barracuda. Um, some really positive signs coming out of Alex Levy right now. He was 18th here in Prague on his only start, and that came off the back of four straight missed cuts. He's playing much better golf. I think the course suits him nicely. I think he could sneak into a top position where he could end up paying out an each way return this week. So, Alexander Levy, Tristan Lawrence, Antoine Rosner, Nikolai Hoygaard, that's me. Barry, any bets for you this week on the DP World Tour? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to follow you with Nikolai, and I'm going to go for another big hitter, Wilco Nienaber. Mm. Excuse me mm. if I'm butchering that uh, pronunciation uh, of his surname. So, yeah. Um, so, I'll go for the two of them. Just hit, just yeah. take, taking, the, taking the big hitters. Yeah, no, Wilco was close for me. Played some nice stuff last week, didn't he? Played, put a really strong round in on the Saturday, wasn't it? And uh, just just couldn't quite keep it going for the Sunday. But yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see him in the mix. Definitely. But you, Steve? Fascinating market. Mm. Love it. I've gone for four. Nikolai Hoygaard, 20 to 1, bet 365. You've said it all. If we didn't cover off ADC on this podcast, uh, we're crazy. So 25 to 1 with Bet365, I got on him. His Corn Ferry, just just look what, what he's done on the Corn Ferry. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He'll either flush it or not do a lot. We'll see what the hype's all around. Uh, another player that's played well in the States recently, isn't he? Nathan Kimsey? Yeah. Yep. 75 to 1 I got with him. Ball sports, eight places each way. On a player that finished second a few weeks ago over yeah, at the... He, he finished second. He lost in the playoff to the guy that I was on. Um, he was second at the Barbasol. I'm having a complete mind blank. Who did I get? Who was the Swedish youngster I picked up a winner on a few weeks ago over at the Barbasol? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, Kimsey's playing 10th, 2nd and 25th. And I'm getting picking him up at 75 to 1. Yeah, take that. And the final one is Matty Schmidt. Mm. Hits it a mile. Just starting to show a little bit of form in the States. Uh, he got terrible status in the States. Um, he's fighting for his life. I think he'll be playing KFT playoffs. Uh, he's had a 20th and a 22nd last time out of the Wyndham. And as we always say, that gap between something like the Wyndham, the 3M Open, and here is quite sizable. Yeah, yeah. So a 20th and 22nd over there in two decent events on the PGA Tour. I could see him grabbing a top eight at 80-1 to one with Boyle Sports. And when you actually listen to the prices of the winners here, might have a chance at 80-1. to one. So uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, ADC, Nathan Kimsey, Matty Schmidt. Those are my four. Vincent Norman was the at, man you were... 
Oh, Vincent Norman, that's the guy that I've had a complete brain fart on. I'll tell you what, last thing I'll say about this whole event. Luke Donald is there. He's going to be watching these young studs um, massively. And also, Francesco Molinari. How the mighty have fallen. Francesco Molinari in the field. And I am seeing him at 110 to 1. Yeah. Unbelievable. I think that's us, chaps. It's been a good record. Thank you for your time. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best of luck, boys. Looking forward to this week. You too, lads. Let's get another winner. Hopefully. Would be nice. Best of luck to the listeners. We will be back next week with your event, Paul, which I believe is the Amiga European Masters. Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah. Matt Fitzpatrick's coming over to play. So uh, another good field by the looks of it to, to look forward to. Yep. And a week off the PGA Tour. Right, we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf